Simplified Chaos, episode 177. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. everybody. Welcome to Simplify Chaos. This is Jillian and I'm with my co-host and husband, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? We hope you all are having an amazing week. We've got another great episode here for you today. We are continuing our simplification series. Jilly, what are we diving into? Today's topic, we're going to be talking about food and meal rhythms. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about this. It's changed a lot for us recently. But it's, uh, it's been an interesting journey. So we uh, looking forward to diving into that. But before we get into all the good stuff, I'd like to show a little gratitude before we get started. So Jilly, what are you grateful for this week? I am grateful for travel with support. Yeah. Um, we are able to travel to Maryland and uh, visit the beach with my mom. And now we're here in Delaware. And it's it's so great to have family that is supportive and kind of gives us time to to do some things we normally don't do like today i went with i went on two walks without two. lucille well, maybe just one long one today i may be oh. uh, confusing it with yesterday um listen to some podcasts um and i ran errands by myself like i went to the local bakery and picked up some sourdough bread went to the coffee shop and then picked up some meat for Lucille. And it was nice just having like a quiet drive in, you know, not our hometown area, just different scenery and just some slowness. Um, and just, you know, being away from home is always a great reminder of just how grateful we are for family and for a home. You know, I miss my home yeah. a little bit too. So it's just, it's very blissful. So I'm just so great. Great, grateful for support. Great, great, grateful. I was going to say gracious. I'm like, no, grateful. <laughs> Words are hard. What about you, Nick? No, I'm I'm in a similar situation. We we're kind of on the same page as we were last week. But yeah, mine's being able to spend time with family. We've got to see basically everybody. And we're getting ready to see my brother and sister-in-law later this week. But your dad was in town. We got to hang out with your mom, got to hang out with the cousins, got to meet your our new niece. I mean, it's just been a, a family-filled weekend. It feels like the holidays almost, but it you know, we're, we're not quite there. I mean, guess we're upon the Halloween holiday, for those of you keeping track at home of the holidays. Freaking love Halloween. Yeah, so it's been awesome. Like, Lucille literally was just a pirate about five minutes ago running around the house. Screaming, arr, it was yeah, awesome. it was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, and this is another nice thing about being with family is we're podcasting way earlier than we normally would. And Lucille is still awake, but is downstairs with Mimi and Pop-Pop while we're doing our thing normally this is a more of a later evening thing when lucille is in bed but we're going to take advantage of the situation while we got it absolutely yeah thank you mimi pop up yeah <laughs> so food and meal rhythms lot to unpack here jilly yes and i know we have previous episodes um because as myself i used to be a food blogger and i used to run a meal program yeah. and it is non-existent at the moment um i've been feeling like these really wild pivots lately with how we're eating, how we're nourishing our bodies. And there was some just misalignment with what I was doing and then educating myself and realizing, hmm, I don't know. Let me try this out. Let me experiment with a new way of eating, just slight yeah. shifts and feel see how I feel and 
kind of go from there. So I feel like this episode is going to be so different from our previous episodes on meal planning just because we're eating differently and how we're eating is, you know, it, it's just different, like yeah. way different. Um, yeah, if you go back to like the very, very early episodes and I'm talking like between one and 10, I know we did an episode on meal planning and at the time we were like, yeah, this is simple. Like we've, we've simplified it, but just when you think you can't simplify something and nothing, we go ahead and do something like we did this year. <laughs> And even simplify it even more. And I guess maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, what we what it looked like before, maybe before getting into to what it looks like now. Or you're not really prepared to talk about no, that. No, I'm listening. Yeah. I was going to start with the purpose. Like our number one purpose with food and is, I think we can probably speak, I could speak for both of us, is sure. vibrancy. Yeah. We want to be vibrant. We want to be energetic. Feel optimal. We want to feel optimal to live as long as we can, but also to be vibrant through our life as well. And, um, to pass that on to Lucille and we're shifting because we're learning some, some new things about food and the way we should be and the way we can prepare food to be optimal. Mm-hmm. And we're diving into that head first because Nick is, Nick has kind of been the one who's spearheading a lot of this where I was the one who was like, you know, Nick, we got to eat our vegetables. We got to have kale. We got to have spinach. You know, I was the green queen, so to speak. I mean, kale was my best friend. I would find ways to sneak kale and everything and convince people like it's so good for us. And I'm not saying it's not, but there's there's been some some new light of information um, at our fingertips. We, we read a really um, interesting book called Eat Like a Human, which we've talked about, I think, before on the podcast. And come to find out, there's just a lot of things about plants that we weren't really educated on and about the toxicity of plants unless they are prepared a specific way, maybe fermentation, Mm -hmm. um, soaking, um, letting things sprout. Like there's an art to consuming greens and vegetables in order to get the most nutrients from it. But honestly, the best bang for a buck we're learning is eating meat. Yeah. Like, Anything animal is is definitely where it's been at, and and we've we found that when we've eliminated vegetables from our diet, and I know that diet is when we talk diet and, and we talk food in particular, it, it's it's almost like a religion, and our our mission here is not to offend anybody or to to you know persuade you to change your your minds about food, but it's really like how we've really done the research and it's allowed us to simplify our meals and how we prepare prepare meals but yeah essentially with animals we're finding like they provide damn near everything that that you can possibly need they eat plants and particularly cows eat plants and are able to still pass that nutrition from plants along to you through the meat and through organs and whatnot and so we've really in the last eight months, I would want to say since February of this year, we've really evaluated what we were bringing into our house, what we were consuming. And it hasn't been an easy process to change it over. I think it's been easier for me than, than you because of your love for cooking and preparing meals. And we can talk a little bit more about that. However, it gets easier over time. And then the more you do it, it's gotten a lot simpler for us too. Like 
planning, our grocery shopping and everything is so simple. And we'll dive into that in just a few minutes, but it's been a quite a journey this year, quite a, a nutritional journey, but more importantly, it's, it's, it's doing what we, we set out to. It's to simplify, be more intentional about the food that we're putting in the body, the things that we're bringing in our house, the messaging that we're passing along to Lucille when it comes to food and nutrition. So all of this kind of just combines together and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, the food, my diet was my identity. I felt like it was tied to who I was. I was a nutrition consultant for five years. I was, you know, um, educating others and like group meetings, one-on-one consultations. And I feel like I was a little misled and miseducated And I know we're always learning and growing and new research is coming out, but it was definitely part of my identity where I was like the kale lady. Like I'm telling you, like when I told people that I'm not, I haven't ate spinach since March or kale, they're just looking at me like (laughs) what's, what's going on. And they have a lot of questions. Um, but it's funny you say, you know, this, the topic of food kind of reminds me of the topic of clothing, which we just released last week. You know, if you simplify your wardrobe, you simplify your laundry routine. So if you simplify your food, you simplify your meal routine, mm-hmm. like cooking, all of that. So cooking, grocery shopping. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So when the essence of your diet and nourishment is pretty simple and streamlined, I feel like everything that has to do with that can just gets a little easier and simple in itself as well. So I feel like that's been the experience that we've been having. Um, but to start off, like, you know, Nick is eating more carnivore ish where there's some nuance to me. Like I'm learning that I need to be nourished a little bit different just because of my hormones. I need to embrace my four phases that I'm going through as a woman. And it looks different than Nick where his may be more black and white for me. It is, it's, it's gray. It's, there's a lot of gray and nuance and intuitiveness where I have to figure out like what feels best for me at this time. But Bottom line, I think we've both shifted to an ancestral way of eating, sure. yep. nourishing our bodies the way our ancestors used to, um, and a focus is on like local, seasonal, whole foods, and nutrient-dense foods, um, and kind of eliminating inflammatory sugars, seed oils, anti-nutrients, and plant toxins. Um, so with that, we've, we've been educating ourselves a lot on like, okay, we want to eat quality dairy. We're learning about like cheese, what are, what are the ingredients in cheese that make it the most digestible and we can get nutrients from it as well. So we're learning about rennet, which is something we had no idea. Never heard of it before. Yeah, it's a ingredient that that's needed for cheese to be fermented. And I'm not one to pass on all the facts and, and studies and stuff, but this is what we're learning. This is what we're searching for. We're looking for specific dairies now that are local and they have rennet in it. And it makes shopping difficult, but also easier because... A lot of the stuff in the mainstream grocery stores do not have it. So it's like once we do find it, it's like, oh, I know exactly where to go to look for it. Or I have a small shop down the street that only focuses on local cheeses. So at least for me, Nick isn't really eating vegetables these days, but I I still like eating um, like sauerkrauts and beets. So I'm learning how to ferment. I'm learning how to pickle. Kind of what our grandparents used to do and it's kind of just going back in time to the way they nourish their bodies most of like my grandparents grew on the farm so a lot of things and stories they told me about how they used to eat is kind of basically where we're going it's like coming back full circle which is really fascinating 
Yeah, it's the ancestral way of processing food. I mean, we hear the term processed foods all the time because most of the food that we have is processed. And unfortunately, we're seeing more and more in the ingredients and they're calling things different things. Like I believe I heard that there's like different 70 different terms for sugar in ingredients. And like, how the hell are you supposed to know 70 different kinds of sugar? It just should say sugar in there. But for us, simplifying ingredients is even more and it's, it's more intentional. So we, we look for things that have less ingredients in it, less acids, definitely no seed oils. Like we're, we've cut anything out that has basically seed oils in it. So really we're simplifying food, but we are definitely simplifying the process of food too. And as Jill mentioned, you know, we are sourcing a lot more locally and that's been such an amazing journey for us. We, we source our beef and, and basically pork and, and, and all of our, our meat from a local farm. So we are supporting local. It's a regenerative farm where, you know, things are done the natural way. There's not a lot of, um, there's no chemicals or fertilizers or anything like that. The animals are grass fed, grass finished. You know, we're able to see their, their process. They're, they're more than happy to show us what's going on. They have kids that come to the farm and they get to teach them about things. They're learning from other prominent local farmers as well. So I'm, I'm just super happy to be able to not only see where my meat comes from or, and our, yeah, from where our meat comes from, but to talk to the people who raise it and potentially even see that animal um, that we're going to uh, consume later on. And, and it just makes me appreciate things much more. It makes me appreciate the food that I'm eating. It makes me want to like, almost like honor those animals, you know, that are, you know, doing this awesome thing for us and, and, you know, nourishing our bodies and making sure that we feel optimal. So we do honor them in a way by, you know, saying a prayer before we eat and we'll get into that. But yeah, I mean, I think also the purpose behind this is, you know, we didn't think we didn't go into it thinking like, oh, we really want to simplify our food rhythm. It was kind of like, as we were learning, we're like, wow, it's really pretty simple. And we've been really overcomplicating this. Yes, We've been trying to do all the things, all the variety, but really we can get to the basics of what's local to us and source from places we trust and find those. And, you know, we were in a suburban area before we moved to, I would say, farmland. And we could, we did find like those markets that source local. So it is possible to find Mm -hmm. those sources and to find people you trust and farms you trust and to get educated on that. But another like motivator is just like chronic disease is at an all time high. Yeah. Like you don't go anywhere without hearing about like diabetes or cancer Obesity. or it's just insane. And I am like so motivated to not get a chronic disease in my life. And it sounds like a huge goal, but I, from what we've been learning is that it all starts with how you nourish your bodies Mm -hmm. and how nourishment affects you mentally, spiritually, socially, emotionally, like it's all connected. But again, I think we've been taught, at least for me, that our health is in all these separate silos and pillars and it's, it's not connected. It's like, you know, your brain is, you go to a brain doctor, your gut, you go to a gut doctor, but really behavior, emotions, hormones, all of it's related to what our nourishment is. And this is a really good passion project for us to like try out and then just spread our journey as we're going through it and um, kind of share. I had some kind of like realizations through the experience as well on like the experience. Yeah. I mean, for me, my goal is to never have to put a pharmaceutical on my body again. Like I'm literally at that point where I just don't want to have to do that. 
And I realized, and, and part of this journey started way back in, in February when I was just like, you know what, I don't want to have to, you know, have a horrible COVID experience if we were to ever get to it. I want my immune system to be optimal and, and you know, fight off anything that that's out there. And, and man, did we go down a rabbit hole? But like <laughs> at the end of the day, I feel like I can solve anything with diet and with food and not have to rely on overpriced pharmaceuticals or, or things that, that people are pushing, you know, because it's an easy solution. And I'm not saying that changing your diet is easy because it can be difficult, but once you get there, oh my goodness, and you start feeling a certain way, you don't want to go back. No. Well, I mean, good nourishment equals empowerment. I feel yeah. like the better you're nourishing yourself, the more you feel like I can conquer anything that comes my way. And then you want to share that goodness with other people. So again, we're here just to share our unique experience and, um, kind of the the wonderful doors that have opened up for opened up for us as far as just health vitality yeah. like creativity how we interact with our daughter the patients like our mo- like everything is so connected and we have felt the difference um but yeah something that was hard for me in this process was that um i think i i put too much essence i put too much entertainment the essence of entertainment in my food. Mm. I use food as entertainment a lot. And I'm trying and I'm realizing that food can be for celebrating. Sure. But when we celebrate, we can also nourish our bodies at the same time in a really fun way. Um, and I'm not saying I'm never gonna like, you know, have sugar or right, you know, consume right. things. It's just being really mindful about the sourcing and is it homemade? Is you know, um, who made it? But I think I put a lot of again, like I was just like I'm bored maybe and I want to eat. I'm feeling a certain way. I want to eat. Let's celebrate. I'm going to get this and this. And it could be like really not that nourishing for me and make me feel miserable the next day. Yep. And I know that. And I would keep doing it anyway because I would treat food as entertainment. And I'm learning more that food's main purpose is for nourishment. But right. we can celebrate amongst friends. Among Celebrating can be in the community we keep and the conversations we have. Um in the activities we enjoy, like in the areas we pick where to nourish our foods, like the scenery. So I'm finding ways to quote unquote, entertain myself, not with food as much, but with other aspects of my life that is making me a lot more joyful and happy through this experience. Cause that was a, it was an interesting pivot to like go from having all the variety of things in our meals and then from having less options, which is also a great thing because it's less decision fatigue on what's for dinner, but still it's like, how do I find the joy in this again if I don't have all of the things to choose from? Yeah. Well, and and to your point, you know, when it, when you socialize with food, especially like when you're visiting friends or family and they might not eat the same way to you and it, when, when you try to vocalize that for the first couple of times, it, it could be difficult. Oftentimes we're our own, our own worst enemy and we already have those conversations in our head before we actually have the conversation with our loved ones and our friends. But ultimately at the end of the day, there's very easy ways to just say, you know, Hey, that, you know, I don't eat bad or it doesn't agree with me, so I don't eat it. So it, there's a lot of different ways to communicate it. And, and oftentimes, you know, you may be able to go down a journey and people are curious as to why. And then other times people are like, okay, that's, that's no big deal. And they, they just kind of, um, brush it away, but you know, no one's ever going to criticize you for, you know, what you are and what you aren't eating. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And any changes you make in nutrition or your diet or what you're eating, 
I think you really need to have space and grace for yourself. I know Nick, Nick's journey, I feel like was very simple. He started eating more meat, cut everything out and he started feeling great and he loved it. And I was just kind of envious. I'm like, well, shit, I'm going through this crazy transformation where this is a lot harder for me than it is for you. Mm -hmm. It's not as black and white. And I keep forgetting like women are so different from men. And I need to voice that more to you and just, and I'm learning more. That's, this yeah. is a cool thing about like this transition in food has put me on a journey of understanding more about my body and being more intuitive about that and realizing there's going to be a lot more nuances to the way I'm consuming food than Nick is and kind of learning that. And then it's like the greatest gift that I can share Lucille and kind of input in our day, just, you know, talking about you know, our hormones or how there's sometimes when mom is bleeding that I'm going <laughs> to want to slow down more and rest. I'm going to want to eat more nourishing, hot, warm foods and learning more about my cycles and about the rhythms of how my eating may change and ebb and flow is just so exciting for me because this is something I never knew about. And it's not like yeah. I didn't get my period yesterday. It's like, I've always had this body. I've always been a woman and educating myself on the intricacies and the miracle that is the woman is just so exciting for me. So it's led me on this other journey that I was not expecting that all again, it, it's all connected. It has to do yeah. with how you nourish yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's nice that the journey started from just educating ourselves on different podcasts that are out there. And it's just like, oh, we were talking about food, but now you're learning about how food affects your cycle and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just, you go down one rabbit hole and then you never know, you go down to another rabbit hole and you just learn a whole bunch of things about your body and, and you know, how it reacts to, to certain things. So, yeah, I mean, for us, simplifying food has really, as, as Jill mentioned, as I mentioned, you know, it's, it's, it's helped us feel a lot more optimal. It's helped us learn a lot more about ourselves and just really how, you know, nourishing an animal-based diet is a hundred percent um there was something else i wanted to share oh and if you are a non-believer that you don't think food has to do with our emotions and mm, our behavior yes. and how we carry ourselves if you just like today was a great example if anyone has kids or even you may be in intuitive to like if after you eat something how do you feel yeah. you know like for us like after we eat pizza we are sluggish as hell oh yeah we are lethargic it is just like why like it's it's come to the point where we're so aware of it that it's just not worth it anymore unless it's like the best fermented sourdough crust i've ever had in my life which we now seek which is fun it lends us on other journeys gotta go to lynchburg <laughs> yes we do but uh like this is a great example like being around grandparents yes, Lucille's going to be consuming more sugar than she normally does. And it is, it is noticeable to me, may not be to grandparents and that's, and that's fine. We, we let a lot of things go. We're yeah. so grateful for support. Again, I know what's going to happen. And grandparents are going to grandparents. We're going to let them do what they want to uh, do. Uh, it's their absolutely. house. Yeah. yeah. So, but it is so wild to watch that journey unfold of watching your daughter, just her emotions are heightened and she's whining a lot more and especially just, towards the end of the day it is just fascinating to watch how your child like reacts to food because i feel like they don't hold anything back they are like the pure beings especially like the younger they are they're just like innately human like reacting the way they normally would they're not trying to hide anything like adults do and not yeah. share anything so they're an is, open book it is really cool to see it's you know, not as cool, but, but just to see the power that food has on us. So if we see the negative effects of the power that food has on us, or like, think about all the amazing positive effects that the right nourishment could do for us and 
how we could feel so good all the time versus just eh, some of the time. Um, so yeah, that was just like another powerful thing of just seeing how related yeah. food is to everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and there's a lot of studies out there that show the, um, correlation of, of, you know, a, a animal based diet and how that's actually helped with depression, helped reverse depression has gotten people off of medicines. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. You know, of course, I, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to try to give medical advice out here, but there's a lot of cases out there. So if, if that's something that's, you know, that you're struggling with and you may, may want to consider, you know, what are you consuming at that point? Yeah. Um, as far as, I don't know if we can kind of flow into simplifying meal rhythms. Yeah, because I think this is a good good opportunity to talk about that because now that you know that we've simplified into a more animal-based diet, it's certainly made meal shopping and meal prepping way easy for us. Yeah. We thought we had it down before, but now it's it's super easy. Yeah, and I, I guess to give before I give the specifics, like just to clarify rhythms, I heard this amazing definition of it when I was listening to a podcast today about like how rhythms are constant. It's like the pulse of the house, you know, the beat. They flow, they're less rigid, but they can change with seasons, you know. Um, they provide predictability and but boundaries, you know, they can be flexible. Um, and I think rhythms make you feel safe. So they provide yeah. those boundaries that set the like I said, the tone or the beat for how you live your life um, and kind of give you that that consciously like knowing that this is what's going to happen. And it, it does make you feel like safe. Right. Um, so I think one of our really easy meal rhythms is that it's guaranteed we're going to have meat at every meal. Yep. There's no um, meatless Mondays anymore. Nope. There's no vegetarian days. Nope. <laughs> um, and it may vary on the amount of meat we eat. Like for me, like Nick will consume a lot more meat than I am. Mine varies based on, you know, where I am in my cycle, how am I feeling that day? But it's a guaranteed and that makes it easy. Like we're going to have meat in our fridge and like whatever we're having for dinner, nope. it's going to be meat. <laughs> yeah. And for us, it's easy because we go to the farm for that. And we, we try to get at least two weeks worth of, of meat in there. So it's one trip every two weeks to, for, to that. And if we ever need to supplement, we, of course, we can go to the grocery store or the butcher that's you know downtown for us. So we've got a couple options there, but it's real simple. We, we know what meats we want. We know what meats Lucille likes. Ground beef is, is, is a huge staple. Ground sausage, as well as beef chuck, a couple of steaks, some lamb, um, ground lamb. We'll do some chicken thighs or chicken legs, like the whole chicken, the whole chicken, pork roast. Yeah. Oh, pork chops, pork roast, pulled pork, you know, boom. We, we know that we're picking up a lot there, but it's well worth it. And that's the other thing I had to learn is that there is so much excitement and, and variety in what you can do with the meat, how you yes. can prepare it, how you can season it and make it a little bit different. So it is exciting and you don't get like, man, tired of eating ground beef with salt or I'm tired of eating ground beef with like taco seasonings. It's like it kind of fun to find these new ways on how to prepare meat and nourish your bodies at the same time in yeah. a fun way. Um, but one thing that has really simplified our meal rhythm is that I love when we get these large cuts of meats like brisket yep. or these like pork butt because beef chuck. Yep. all I do is put it in a slow cooker. I put a little bit of beef bone broth. No matter what the meat is, it's always beef bone broth. Yes. And I use kettle on fire and a little bit of salt. And I just let that thing cook. And it is 
phenomenal. And it's just Every time. bone broth and salt, and it's so nourishing and so good, and it's Lucille's favorite way to consume meat. She loves, loves slow-cooked meats. And that's kind of like another revelation is seeing how much she loves it. It's like you can see innately like our bodies crave that. We love yeah. that. Um, yeah. So that has been really simplifying meals because I use the crock pot way more than I used to. And it always makes enough for leftovers, which are fun because we oh, we started to just use the leftover meat the very next day. So it's not sitting in the fridge and we forget about it. So it's like we'll have like, you know, pulled pork and then the leftovers we'll might use it for like like taco bowls or, or breakfast. just breakfast. Yeah, we Eggs make sure pork, yeah. to try to use it right away the next day so it's not forgotten and it still tastes fresh. And it has been such an easy change to yeah. like meals for me at least. Yeah, and with the beef chuck, cut it up really fine and make some cheesesteaks out of it. Just throw some provolone on it. Boom. Without yeah. the bun. <laughs> Without the bun. No grains. <laughs> No um, carbs. Well, that's another thing. That's a nuance to how we're eating is that I still consume like really good local fermented sourdough. Nick does not, but I still, my body still craves that and I still find the best I can. I'm not making sourdough bread yet. That That's a goal to be able to learn how to do that. Um, and so butter. as far as sides, like because of the way we're eating and butter so good, yes. Um, Nick's not really eating any sides. And I honestly don't. I get a side of eggs. <laughs> I... I don't miss sides as much as I thought. In the beginning, it was so weird. And I'm like, well, what else am I going to prepare? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, do you want me to buy some asparagus? I'm not going to eat it. I'm like, all right, this is weird. Um, so what I started doing, I started just buying like seasonal vegetables and roasting them and stuff like that. And I've slowly, slowly stopped buying them as much just to see how I felt. So if I do have a side, sometimes it's like a side of sauerkraut. Like today, I was having a side of pickled beets. Um, sometimes my side is just extra cheese on my beef, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was something really wild for me that I had to transition with is just the absence of sides and kind of mourning that like, wow, there's not a lot on my plate, but I'm finding that I don't miss it as much as I used to. And like tonight I did eat half a baked potato and I'm feeling it right now. I'm not going to mm. lie. So I don't feel as optimal. I ate two and a half pork chops <laughs> but and that was it. <laughs> It's always a great reminder. Like I need those little reminders. Um, like, was it worth it? Yeah, the butter was worth it. So maybe I'll just put extra butter on my meat and that'll just be like the best thing ever and just fulfill those needs. But my sides, like it's less to prepare. I think when I was hosting before, I felt like, oh, I've got to have the vegetable. I've got to have like a starchy thing. I've got to have fruit. Like I had to have all these things. And now it's like, we just really need a good cut of meat, some good salt. Yeah. I need some sourdough bread from time to time and really good cheese and I'm golden. Yeah. Get that Redmond real salt. <laughs> Best salt out there. Hands down. Um, so yeah, I think, and then besides slow cooking, um, Nick's grilling. Grilling up a freaking storm out there. And I am grateful for that support because Love it. I don't grill. So watching you just yeah, we grill, manhandle the meat, take it out there. We grill burgers. <laughs> we grill brats. We grill steaks. I mean, chicken, chicken wings, chicken thighs. Uh, what else? Have we? I mean, I've grilled just about damn near everything, you know, in the past. We got a little griddle to put on the grill so I can make some smash burgers and do burgers differently. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's getting, getting fun. hungry just thinking about it. And I just pounded two and a half pork chops. Yeah. Just I, so in case anybody didn't hear me earlier. It definitely sounded like boring in the beginning. But like the more I did it, the better I felt. Um, the more I started like 
being less close-minded about, hey, this could be really fun, Jill, and opening up my eyes and finding resources on how how nourishing our bodies can be fun, even if we are we do have less to choose from. It's been really cool, and I'm open. Like I said, I'm open to trying um, fermentation with like I fermented carrots, I fermented some sweet peppers, and it was so such a fun process to do. And then Lucille seeing me go through this yeah. as well, so it's been really really cool to see how it's pivoting me and like the hobbies I'm developing and how Lucille's seeing what's going on. And she's a part of that preparing process, which is, I kind of lends itself into like Lucille and how she's kind of been pivoting as well. And that was like a little, how is Lucille going to do with this shift in food? Like what's going to happen with her? We're not going to have the same, you know, box snacks in there anymore. You know, so it's been interesting to see her shift and have success with it. I mean, when you take it away and it's not an option anymore, there's there's always the options that you do have. And, and you know, it's been great. And, and it's funny, like she's picking up on what we're doing. And, you know, just today, you know, we were talking about marshmallows to do some more is later this week when my brother comes over because we're going to have a fire. And the first thing that Lucille asked my, my mom is, does it have corn syrup in it? She's like, what are the ingredients? Yeah, she asked what the ingredients were. And that's something that, like, I think obviously what you do, our kids are going to do and they're going to, you know, imitate you. And we're always in the grocery store. Like, let's look at the ingredients because I want her to be mindful of that as well. And I want her to be empowered. Like, I know what that is and I know it's not good for me, but I'm probably still going to have one anyway. Like, at least she knows. Like, we don't cut her off from things like we're going to be having candy from trick-or-treating. We don't want to just like take everything out and eliminate it. It's like, I want her to develop her self-regulatory skills and be able to kind of monitor that herself. And the only way it's going to happen is if it's in her life a little bit, it's not going to be always in her life. We're not going to buy it, but those opportunities are going to come, you know, birthday parties, other people's homes. Like I want her to have the knowledge and the, have the ability to be like, I'll take one. That's okay. Yeah. And like, you know, and she's already doing that. I, I've well, seen. Yeah. I mean, we reflect like last night when she was having a tough time before bed and you, we talked to her in the morning, like, Hey, remember last night when you, you weren't feeling your best, you know, do you think it was because of, you know, what you ate during the day? And we will go down that journey. Well, what did you eat closer to the evening or, you know, how much sugar did you have? And do you see how that affects you? And she's starting to kind of get that. I mean, she, she knows that she needs to eat her meat or her beef. She puts it off until she needs to, but at the end of the day, she still eats it, which yeah. is, is a win. And I think the way we are verbalizing is that like meat makes you strong. Meat's going to help you have muscles. And like she always it's thinks good about for the mind. when yep. she's like practicing her scooter skills or now she's on her bike. She's like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lucille, your your legs are getting stronger. And she's like, that's from me eating meat. Yep. And I'm like, yes, I want you to associate meat with power and the ability to do things. Um, so we're trying to be very conscious of how we word it because we don't want to demonize a food group, but no. we do want to empower her and educate her with, you know, how food does have an effect on us, you know, not just on our health, but also on like your emotions, how you're feeling, like so many things. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, oh, so something else I, I was saying how like, I always use food, not always, but I put a lot of pressure and emphasis on like pleasure with food. Yes. So I'm finding new ways to pleasure myself. Uh, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> and one thing that's Do been, share, Jilly. One thing that's been helping is like little things like putting on jams while I'm making, while I'm cooking oh, food. Oh, definitely. Like that's, that. That's a, that's a must. I know. It's just like finding these little things to create the environment, like to make it exciting and energetic, even if the, the food is 
a little less, you know, complicated to prepare. And like those little changes in just like music and tunes and, you know, it's been, it's been so good for my, my mindset with this shift as well. Cause let's face it, a lot of this is mental and I had to just get over the hump. Like this is what's really good for me. And I feel really good. So why am I fighting it so much? It's because I've been eating a certain way my whole life. So it's yeah. like trying to unwire my brain of specific eating habits for so many years. So I know this change is going to take time. And again, just give myself grace and space to like ebb and flow as I need to. And I think we've made a lot of progress with the food we've been bringing in the house. Yeah. And especially with Lucille's diet. Um, you know, she still eats some packaged goods like Lara bars. Um, we're trying to shift to sprouted oats, um, for in her oatmeal, like she still loves oatmeal. So I'm getting creative and learning, like I can put college in her oatmeal. I can put an egg in her yep. oatmeal and mix it in. So I'm, it's, it's fun to learn and experiment with new ways on how do I nourish my daughter in a way that she's going to learn how to do herself and then be able to do it independently one day. Um, so it's, you know, it's fun daydreaming about like the skills we're, we're implanting in Lucille as well. And yeah. those rhythms. And we're still learning every day, but we've got a lot of good stuff under our belts here. So if you all ever need any resources for us to point you to, or you just want to, you know, ask us questions about our journey, please let us know, hit us up on Instagram, simplified.chaos, or even email us. I've, I haven't plugged the email in maybe 150 episodes, but simplified chaos podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up there. We're always happy to answer questions. Yeah. And as far as kids, I did read this and I wrote it out to Nick as soon as I read it because I'm reading simplicity parenting. It said, when you simplify your child's food choice, as you did with toys, you release them from the pressures of too much. You allow for the development of lifelong healthy eating habits. Yeah. So I guess getting out of the mindset that like our diet's boring, it's pretty simple. Like, you know, I think we are doing ourselves a huge favor for Lucille and we can find the bliss and the fun in it if we model that for her. Um, so that's something really exciting I'm currently practicing. Yeah. No, it's, it's like I said, it's been quite the journey and, and we're, we're still learning. We're learning every day. We're, we're never going to be settled on, on one thing or another. And, you know, just making sure that at the end of the day, we're doing what's best for us. And ultimately we're being intentional and we've simplified a lot of things in our lives. Well, nourishment, like all things is definitely the journey. It yes. is never a destination because it's always going to be changing and evolving because we are always changing and evolving. So like most things, it's not like I'm finally there. I've got like the perfect diet. It's like, no, I got to be constantly in tune and mindful of what I'm consuming. And I think just taking the time to educate myself on the changes that are happening in the world and not just finding one source. Let's look at a variety of sources. Let's try it out. Let's compare. Let's talk to other people who've experienced it. Like, I think we're pretty open about changing and, you know, flowing a different way if, if, if we feel it's fit. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's a good way to wrap it up there, Jilly. Cool. All right. You got any resources for our listeners today? I do. What you got? So um, I dove into this podcast that I was really excited about. It's um, the Freely Rooted podcast. Now it's mostly for women. Okay. But I know we have a lot of women listening. But what I'm going to read deals with everybody. Thank you for the two male (laughs) listeners that are out there. Um, But it's about, so the title of this episode, it's episode 28 and it's called metabolic health and embodiment of femininity, femininity, but the metabolic health, like a lot of what they say is 
with all humans. Um, so I just wanted to read a few things that I took away from it. Go for it. Food is quite literally, quote unquote, generational currency on a cellular level. I never thought about food as generational and how mm. like it affects the lineage after us yeah. and how I can like yeah. go down from one family and, you know, family member to the next. Um, something else that they talked about is nourishment that begins in the cells ripples into time and space and carries forwards the psychological tones of safety, satiety, comfort, stability, balance, and aliveness into the genes of tomorrow. They dove in a lot about how women who are nourished in bodies in a good way, they feel safer, which means, again, they're able to be more open and present with their kids and with their spouses and to be alive and have more creativity. Like all of those amazing attributes you think about in a good life, at least I do, affects with how we're nourishing our bodies. Um, And just that food is a part of the nourishment thread that weaves throughout our life. I think sometimes we we keep it separate. And um, I think thinking about the kind of life you want to live, um, definitely you have to pivot your nourishment to match that. Yeah, you definitely do. Anyway, I know it's more of like a feminine topic. The the words they were using, probably men are like, eh, bound to tune out. Um, but they talked Metabolic. a lot about cycles and it was so fascinating and such a rich conversation that I definitely, we'll put it in the show notes yeah. like we always do, but definitely check it out if you want to hear more of that conversation. It was really good. Absolutely. All right. And the quote of the day? The quote of the day is by Mark David. Nourishment is not just quote unquote nutrition. Nourishment is the nutrients in the food, the taste, the aroma, the ambiance of the room, the conversation at the table, the love and inspiration in the cooking, and the joy of the entire eating experience. Amen. I need to have that quote in the kitchen. I think it's a great reminder on how to find bliss in our nourishment journey right now. And even though it is simple, it is so fucking blissful and beautiful, right? Hey, you dropped the F-bomb. It took you the whole episode (laughs) to do it, but you did it. I did. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. And the take action challenge, Jilly, what you got? Hmm. Go down that food journey. <laughs> Just look at your nourishment routine. Is it, is it actually nourishing you? Um, and then, you know, pivot where needed. Yeah. And reach out for support if you need 100%. it. hundred percent. Yes. Do not do this alone. It is hard making changes, especially in habits you've had your whole life. Yes. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing a review or simply by sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation, conversation leads to action, and action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. See y'all later.